We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's not a Friday. It is, in fact, it's a Wednesday today. Uh, We are excited to be interrupting our normal schedule to do this Wednesday show of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So a little bit out of the box for us, but how are you, Andrew? Yeah, it's always really weird when we switch days because I'm not really sure what day it is the rest of the week, but we're doing this for good reason. The team that is going to be on Friday has a really special show lined up that we're not going to spoil, but right. make sure you check that out. Um, it is a nice, it, it it's a nice change of pace, honestly. And you know, we certainly lucked into a show on a day where we have a whole heck of a lot to talk about. So that's fun too. I would be remiss though if I missed this opportunity. It's episode one thousand one hundred twenty, so eleven twenty. Uh, do we, if we continue on this Jersey number trend that yeah. I, I've been going down, you know, 20, that's Kevin King's number, yeah. right? Yeah. But maybe go back a little bit further. We have Alan Rossum. Mm-hmm. You remember him? Kick yes. returner extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, the number best. 20. What's the best, Andrew? Tell us. Atari Bigby. <laughs> Atari Bigby. One of Loved my favorite. Back, back when it was a requirement for all Packers defensive backs to have the the long hair and uh, Big B was the huge hitter in that really tough secondary. Kind of a, a really fun story, really fun dude. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite all-time names for a Packer player as Definitely. well. So really, really fun. Number 20, love it. Um, so let's jump into the show today. Like you said, we knew when we took this show um, that you know we were going to be recording Tuesday night, but we didn't look at the schedule to realize that we were going to have some stuff to talk about today. So we are excited. Uh, the tough thing about the preseason and training camp 
is that the NFL has changed some things this year, and that includes the way that they are doing cutdowns. Uh, normal year, all of the guys in camp stick around until final cutdowns for the most part. This year, they're required to do this in more of a tiered progression. The idea is to limit the bodies in camp and the number of unnecessary contacts as much as possible. But it stinks for the guys who are just trying to make that impression that they need to to make a team. And Tuesday was the first day of required required cuts. Uh, Every NFL team was required to get from 90 down to 85 guys by Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Next week, they'll have to cut down to 80. And then, of course, they'll get down to the 53-man roster on August 31st. Brian Gutekunst has said that he understands the reason for all this, but he does wish that he could keep all of those guys around through this whole process because this does hurt some guys' chances of making the team or making another NFL team after cuts. But uh, the bad news came for those five guys uh, this, I guess, yesterday afternoon by the time you're listening to this. And those cuts for the Packers were punter Ryan Winslow. Offensive lineman John Dietzman, Dietzen rather, offensive lineman Zach Johnson, tight end Isaac Nada went to the IR rather than being cut. Wide receiver DeAndre Tompkins also to the IR. And now those cuts would have brought us down to the 85 number, but the Packers also signed quarterback Jake Dolgala today with the questions surrounding Jordan Love's availability for this Saturday's game. So They also ended up having to release cornerback Stanford Samuels at the end of the day as well. So that's all the the bloodshed that came up today to get down uh, to this number that we're now talking about, 85. Andrew, any takeaways from these cuts today? Yeah, a few. I think a lot of people were hoping Ryan Winslow was going to push J.K. Scott for his job. And while Scott has reportedly been inconsistent again, the ball jumps off his leg a little differently than Winslow and, and most other human beings, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, one of the things when I was sitting out in the rain at family night, J.K. Scott and Ryan Winslow were kind of punting back and forth uh, <laughs> across the end zone where I was sitting. And you could just tell Scott had sort of a different level of where he could put the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that inconsistency needs to get cleaned up. That's for sure. And hopefully that will be the case coming into year three, four. Ooh, yeah, I think three. I think three. three. I, th- I, I believe that is with correct. Our producer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that consistency hopefully will come. But definitely the the leg strength, the ability to to get the ball, um, you know, high in the air, especially. I, I think that was something that that has been um, lacking a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, John Dietzen, that's a bummer to me because this is a guy who was once considered an elite interior offensive line prospect, and injuries just completely derailed his career. Uh, if if you don't know, he actually retired while at the University of Wisconsin from football, mm-hmm. made a comeback. Uh, and I think he maybe his sixth year removed from high school, uh, which ended up being his his final year there, um, and then was trying to make it on the NFL. And that's just too bad, you know. Um, I've seen some disappointment around Nada, but he is a, he he really had a tough hill to climb with all of the right, right. Packers had tight end, anyways. And then yeah, we found out right before recording the show that Stanford Samuel's the third was was the cut, and he was certainly my guy. It's tough to see him go, but I get it. You know, the current depth at the position, and he just didn't necessarily stand out. 
Um, and yeah. anyways, you didn't hear that from any of the reporters. You didn't see it, albeit he only got one preseason game in his career. But, mm. um, you know, I'd have loved to see him get one more week of action. I'm sure that's what LaFleur is kind of frustrated by. But, you know, if if you're in this round of cuts, I don't know that you had a chance to make the team mm-hmm. no matter right. how the next two weeks went. Yeah, that's and, probably the reality of the situation. It probably is one of those things where they know this is a decision that they're going to have to make. It just stinks that those guys, you know, don't have a chance to to maybe surprise the coaching staff and the general manager and those kinds of things. But, yeah, tough all yeah. around for these guys. And then, and then speaking of the cornerback depth, the Packers made a move today. We don't get we don't get to talk about trades very often, right? <laughs> maybe in hypotheticals. But, uh, yeah, the Packers, of course, traded Josh Jackson to the New York football giants. Uh, in exchange for cornerback Isaac Yodum, um, Yadam, I'm sorry. We looked up how to say that, and then I still screwed uh, it up. I should have made a note, of course. Um, but this is, to me, just a case of trading two players who have had kind of disappointing starts to their career. And we'll see if either one of them can turn it around, or you know, maybe maybe Yadam ends up getting cut anyways. It doesn't hurt the Packers. I don't think sure. Josh Jackson was going to make it. Certainly got beat up on pretty bad on Saturday night, and you know, I I hope for him that he can find a spot in New York. It's just I I feel like his star rose so quickly in that yeah. junior year at Iowa, just coming out of nowhere, flipping from receiver. He's probably a case where another year of college may have benefited his development, but the money was to be had now. And yeah. so he came in, was probably ill-prepared to be an NFL player right off the bat, needed some time, and unfortunately that time has come to the end in Green Bay. Yeah, and I mean, he's a player that you're right. He His stock just skyrocketed at the end of that year, and all expectations were that the Packers could have taken him in the first round. There were a lot of mock drafts who thought that that could happen. I was not a big fan of that, but when he dropped to the second round, I loved it. I thought, you know, that that's a really good risk-reward situation and a player who could be a really big playmaker in the NFL. So hate it for Josh Jackson, by all accounts. He's a player who worked really hard uh, to try to get things turned around. Hope all the best to him there in New York. But the Packers turning the page, maybe getting a little bit of a resource out of it in another young cornerback trying to do the same thing. But um, we wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about our thoughts on last week's game. This past Saturday night was a heck of a lot of fun. We got to watch football again. The Green Bay Packers were playing for the first time in a long time. And of course, with that came the debut of Jordan Love and so many other fun storylines as well. And so on the podcast today, we're going to share some of our thoughts from the game, but then also look ahead to this weekend's preseason matchup with the Jets and what we'll be looking for in that one. But Andrew, let's start with that QB one in our hearts and QB of the future and future Hall of Famer, Jordan Love. What do you got on us for Jordan Love for this this Saturday night showing that he put out there? Yeah, I thought he, you know, he looked shaky at first. And what else would you expect from somebody who hasn't played a game in over 600 days, uh, who basically has played one game in a stadium close to the size of Lambeau Field right. in his entire career? Yeah. Uh, and with all the pressure coming off of being picked in the first round and then all the drama with Aaron Rodgers. But he settled down. He had that big drive. We saw all of that natural talent. I mean, just some really, really nice throws. He looked comfortable in the pocket. And, and that was great. And, you know, even if, if you extrapolate that a little further and you go to the next few, you know, kind of near miss drives, 
I thought he showed good ball placement. The reads weren't always perfect, but at least the ball was in the right spot. You know, there's that... I, I think Bear fans were, were abusing the screenshot of one of his throws where he, he definitely threw into double coverage, but he put the ball where only his receiver was going to touch it. Now, it was an incomplete pass. It wasn't the right decision if you look at the whole field, yeah. <laughs> but the ball placement was great. And that that's something, you know, the decision-making, of course, is going to be a concern until we see Jordan Love as a starter. But I think, you know, from a, a standpoint of does he have the ability? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought he answered that really well. Uh, just a really big bummer that Yash Najman whiffed on that block because yeah. one yeah. of my greatest fears is Love not getting as many reps as he should over the next two weeks. Yeah. It's not looking real rosy for Saturday. I, I hope, you know, that yeah. maybe it's just a situation where they're being really cautious and say, okay, well, we'll let you get the game reps, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they choose to do there. But by no means, like you said, it was not a perfect performance. But my goodness, was it a solid first showing. And it is really easy to see all the promise and the elements of a really good quarterback. It's all there. And it's easy to be a believer, I would say, in love after what we saw on the field Saturday night. It's exciting. I think the most impressive things were the small things to me, right? So navigating the pocket, you talked about some of this. Um, making his progressions, dealing with an offensive line that wasn't ideal, right? And really showing composure throughout that entire process after settling in. So a great start for Love. All signs point to him being healthy enough to play at some point in this preseason game. Uh, Reports have kind of shifted over the week. We've brought in Dolgala now, so not sure how this is going to go, but I'm with Andrew. I really hope that he does get those reps here because those are going to be really invaluable for his development. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and so kind of continuing on with this conversation about Saturday's game, it, the offense and defense both had had their struggles. This was not a fun performance to watch by any means. And, you know, it, it can be really frustrating to watch a team put out as poor of a performance as we saw from the Packers for so much of Saturday night. But I do think it's important to remember there's 25 players on the rosters that aren't going to make the team or the practice squad, right? right like these right. are very expanded rosters. And of those who are going to make the team or the practice squad, the large majority of those playing past halftime are going to be very, very far down the list. So, mm-hmm. Preseason football is going to get sloppy. 
The players aren't always used to playing the positions they're in. They aren't yeah, always used to playing with the teammates that they're thrown into. And I try to remind myself these games are for the coaches to evaluate individual player performances and not yeah. necessarily how the team does. But of course, as a fan, you'd love to see them move the ball up and down the field. You'd love yeah, to yeah. see, um, you know, the, the defense make some stops from time to time. But one of the things that, that I was thinking about, they're playing the Texans, bad team, playing a lot of their starters. Yes. Packers, good team, not playing a lot of their starters. And what happens is there's a kind of a trickle-down effect. So the Texans are playing a lot of their first stringers against the Packers' second stringers. Then the Packers' third stringers are playing against the Texans' second string. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's, it's sort of this JV varsity matchup that you get stuck with and and you keep you know moving that down the line, and players are going to continue to struggle. And and you know, I mean, of course, the Packers didn't put on a very good performance, regardless of of who they were playing. But that that is a factor. And guess what? Jets are in a very similar situation this Saturday. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. You're right. It's a similar situation with them playing some starters. I mean, you're right. We we saw Tyrod Taylor play at the beginning of the game. We saw a lot of Kiki Cutie. We saw a lot of Nico Collins. These are players who could play significant snaps for this team. And the Packers basically buried anyone who'd be comparable in the situation, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball and those kinds of things. So you got to take all of that into consideration. No one's making excuses. The Packers did not play um, great football, at least in in parts of that game. But let's talk about those joint practices that we're going to have with those New York Jets this week, because it's not super revolutionary for two teams to join together for practices and training camp. This happens, and that's exactly what the Packers and Jets are doing this week before they play the Saturday game. But there's a little bit more press around the joint practices because Aaron Rodgers has openly said he doesn't really enjoy the format. He doesn't think that the added injury risk outweighs the gain. But LaFleur seems to value these practices, and he's good buddies with Coach Robert Sala. And I, I guess he might also have a relationship uh, with his brother who's out there as the <laughs> offensive coordinator in New York as well. So lots of reasons that it made sense for these two squads to get together this week. But, Andrew, I'm curious of your take on these joint practices. Yeah, I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers all that often, but uh, honestly, I am not a fan. The The players seemed totally fine skipping the fourth preseason game, but now you add in the joint practice where the other team is firing live bullets, and I think the risk for injury is just as high as any game you're going to see. You, you add in the potential fighting element to the mix, and it just seems like a recipe for disaster. However... You mentioned it, Matt LaFleur, Robert Sala, they they have a relationship. They know more about football than I'll ever hope to. So I'll just, you know, kind of sit here and uh, hope for the best and, and very few Twitter notifications about injuries over the next couple of days. The reward, you know, is you get to hit players that are on your own team. And mm. we hear about that all the time. And that's great. But I just wonder if that exposure is really worth the potential injury risk and the disruption that it causes into your practice for it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm glad you, you brought, you know, some of that up that it is really going to be interesting with these, you know, the injury factors. It's a big deal. Wondering how this is going to carry over. I guess you get a week with these guys. For me, it's the rivalry or I guess I'm looking for the word, but that the pride that comes with playing football against other guys 
that aren't your teammates for a whole week and and how that can carry over from practices if you got into a little bit of a riff with a player in practice and it carries over to a game and sometimes you know suddenly you're playing a little bit more aggressively maybe not with your your head on the way that you should and those kinds of things i think that that is where injuries can occur and some of those fights can take place that may not be beneficial. The other really interesting thing in this is I don't know that the Packers are going to pick a lot of players off the Jets roster when cutdowns happen. I don't know that, but I think the opposite could happen. I think there could be some players that the Packers wish to stash on a practice squad that maybe the Jets, I mean, obviously they have an open relationship between these coaching staffs because of who the people are, but man, I don't, I would imagine that they're could get a you know sneak peek at some of these players that maybe the Packers would like to keep hit a little bit hidden. So I'd be curious of uh, general manager Brian Gudikin's perspective on this and after they do it for a couple of years and if they see any kind of ripple effects from that. But will be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday, of course. But um, all of this will come to a head when they do face this Saturday night. You can catch that game on NFL Network, which is great news if you're not in the Green Bay market. Game one was a lot of th- I think we learned a lot about the depth of our football team and some of the, uh, the the really the remaining battles that are continuing and then are emerging on this roster. Uh, but all of these storylines will either gain steam or really probably take a detour on Saturday night, depending on how things go. So uh, let's talk about what we are watching as we get into this weekend, Andrew. Who are some players that you'll be keeping an eye on for this game? Yeah, I think it has to start with offensive line for me. There were definitely some impressive performances. Where, you know, Royce Newman, please stand up. But, but there <laughs> were just too many bad ones. You know, if Jordan Love can play, priority one is keeping him clean. But yeah. it's also important to square away those last few spots on the depth chart. There was absolutely no room to run whatsoever. And I have to think the offensive coaches were pretty upset with how the line destroyed their ability to just evaluate the skill players yeah, on their yeah. own roster. Like that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm watching for some improved O-line play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know wide receiver is kind of the shiny object, right? Everybody loves watching and talking about wide receivers, but I really do think this battle for the sixth wideout continues to be one of the more interesting ones in camp. Uh, we talked about Winfrey last week, but injuries are killing him right now. And Funches came to play last week and looked really, really, like really good, like a great player. This is not a depth receiver, but someone who could absolutely start on your football team. Uh, this is different than what I was expecting. Absolutely. I was anticipating some rust from Funches. I was thinking that he was going to be the cut uh, at the end of the day that would make the most sense for this football team especially considering his contract but uh he looks like a tough player to cut and um, Malik Taylor was quietly also really solid against the Texans so I think that there's a lot to like about this wide receiver group and it will be interesting who emerges in all of this and maybe um maybe that this is a group that could push the Packers to keep more than six wide receivers, which would be absolutely unprecedented for Matt LaFleur offenses. Uh, But no one was including Randall Cobb in this equation, right? No one was counting him uh, when we got into this offseason. So now that he eats up a roster spot, it will be interesting to see if LaFleur and Goody decide to keep an extra receiver, especially with the plan at wide receiver a little bit murky beyond 2021. 
Yeah, and not not to just like only focus on offense, but I'm also <laughs> really curious to see how the running backs perform. And as I mentioned, the, there was just no room to run for anybody last Saturday. So I am curious to see how Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor and Dexter Williams can bounce back being behind a line that has a whole heck of a lot to prove. And, you know, I'm hoping are, are out there to move the Jets around the field a little bit more than what we saw against the Texans. Yeah, and on last Friday's show, I said that I wanted to talk about Vernon Scott, right? And then I decided I I had to talk about the whole safety position because I felt like maybe he was buried on the depth chart a little bit too much to single out as the guy to watch. So that was a mistake. <laughs> I talked about that group as a whole, but Scott proved that he was totally worthy of the discussion. He played really, really well and made a handful of wow plays, right, as a tackler and in coverage. And uh, that doesn't mean that guys like Inus Gaines and Henry Black didn't show up because they absolutely did. They played really well, too. But Scott felt like the best player of that group to me last week. And so I'm excited to see if he can keep up that success, keep it rolling and climb this depth chart to be that trusted safety number three. I'm excited to watch him on Saturday night. Yeah. So this was exciting. Happy to do a Wednesday show. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I would encourage folks to tune in Friday, even though you're going to miss out on the great Andrew and Kyle experience because we have a really <laughs> fun show planned. Um, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday, except the next one. Uh, we'll be <laughs> back in a week and a half. And uh, we'll be getting you ready for the final preseason game with a massive guest. So this is true. Tune in. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.